This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It is the danger zone here, especially when I'm operating solo on the Blitz. That is the case today. Wesley Euler with you solo. No Arthur Motes today. I'm out next week. No Brian Backo on a Thursday today either. He's on vacation as well. Like I said, folks, we are getting it in while we can because we're about two weeks away from training camp and Stillers, Stillers, Stillers 24-7 here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I am Wesley Euler. You know where to get at me if you want to get involved with the conversation. It's on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. Um, there was some, some controversy stirred up yesterday. Um, I believe it was by uh, NFL... Uh, Network's throwback Twitter account, I believe. They post old highlights. They had um, a conversation, a debate about who's better, Troy Polamalu or Ed Reed. And I don't know why we always have to do this. I I, I really don't. Like, do we, do we have to do this all the time? First of all, they play different positions. Like, yeah, they're both safeties. But that's like comparing a, a fullback and a running back in a way. You know what I mean? It's like comparing a, a tackle and a guard. Yeah, they're both offensive linemen. But their roles, their jobs are are drastically different. Do we always have to do this? Troy Polamalu was friggin' amazing. And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the best ever. Ed Reed was friggin' amazing. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the best ever. They've both got rings on their fingers. Do we really have to do this? I think we can just all agree those two better than Brian Dawkins. Uh-oh, I hope he didn't hear that. Then he's going to mean tweet me again. I will get to your tweets at Wesley Euler in just a second, but I've been saying today is a special anniversary for the Steelers, and it is, folks. Happy birthday. 88 years old the Pittsburgh Steelers are today. Happy birthday, Steelers. Today is the day the organization was officially born in 1933. As Teresa Varley says on Steelers.com, the process had to begin somewhere. And for Art Rooney Sr., it all started in 1933. Uh, Art Rooney's application for a National Football League franchise was granted, and the Pittsburgh Professional Football Club Incorporated joined the NFL in exchange for a fee of $2,500. Pretty good deal. So that was on May 19th, but it was on this day, July 8th, in 33 that the team would become official and the Pittsburgh Steelers were born. Uh, here's an excerpt from the NFL news, uh, newsletter written by then-league president, league commissioner Joe Carr, making his announcement uh, of the addition of a team in Pittsburgh. And I quote, The application of the Pittsburgh Professional Football Club Incorporated, accompanied by a check for $2,500, is on file in the office of the league president. I have already received the unanimous approval of the executive committee for this application that will come before the July meeting for ratification by the entire membership. The Pittsburgh group is headed by Mr. Art Rooney, 915 Western Avenue, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who has had much experience in the promotion of sporting and athletic events. The club appears to be well-financed. The sporting editors of all the Pittsburgh papers are very enthusiastic about this group as well as the outlook for a National League franchise in that city. They propose to play some early games at night and after it is permissible under the new Pennsylvania law to play on Sunday. I mean, remember when you still couldn't have athletic events on Sunday? Yeah, now we're talking about the 30s, baby. Games will be played at Forbes Field, home of the Pittsburgh National League Baseball Club. That was it. 
1933, 88 years ago. Happy birthday to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A little throwback Thursday today uh, was when it all began. And, you know, it's funny to read that article, right, about how, you know, they're very enthusiastic. Read that statement now, you know, again, almost 90 years later. um, And the Steelers have uh, six Super Bowls. They are one of the two just iconic, massive global brands in the NFL, right? It's the Cowboys and the Steelers, and nobody else is close. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that that decision was a good one by Mr. Rooney and, of course, by the National Football League to allow the Steelers in. I think it's worked out pretty, pretty well for both parties. If you want to read that article that Teresa Varley wrote, it is up on Steelers.com. All right, let's get to some of your tweets here as we roll along. Um, let's see here. Steeler Nation chiming in with his top five edge rushers, but he's doing all time. Uh, Steeler Nation, I'm going to do top 10 right now, edge rushers. All right, so I I appreciate your all-time list. He's got LT, Reggie White, uh, Ham, Debo, and Lloyd. Hold on, Steeler Nation. Now, you got to show some love to Bruce Smith on this list. Come on, baby. Uh, Thrash Metal Guy tweets me here and says, so no shows next week, or is it Motsi and a special guest running the show next week? Thrash, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. And I wish I could tell you, but you know what? I'm going on vacation, baby. And that's all that matters to me. That's for the that's for the powers that be to find out. I'm not sure what the plan is for next week, honestly. I, I don't know if, if Motsi's going to have um, someone else here on the show with him. Uh, I'm not sure what the plan is. Uh, but the plan for me is to be toes in the water, butt in the sand, and uh, and to be unplugging. So I'm not sure. <laughs> wish I had an answer for you. But tune in next week to find out. Uh, Steeler Nation 920, I feel like everyone's sleeping on Loudermilk. Don't ever sleep on a Wisconsin defenseman. Also, I got to say, I think our next team captain is going to be Zach Banner. Yeah, Loudermilk is a guy, you know, there's a lot of guys, obviously, that I'm excited to see when we get to training camp, seeing some live action, you know, with the pads on, with the contact going, pads popping. Um, it's it's always intriguing. when you When you're trading up in the later rounds of the draft to get a guy, it's always intriguing to me. You know, it's one thing you trade up to get Devin Bush. You trade up to get Troy Polamalu, right? Uh, you traded up to get Santonio Holmes. But those guys were, were all first-round selections. When you trade up to get a guy in what was the fifth round, I believe, with Isaiah Loudermilk, yeah, I'm intrigued, and I'm excited to watch that guy when we get to training camp and, and certainly in the preseason as he figures to probably get a lot of spin uh, during the preseason in those four games as well. Steeler Nation also adds, have you ever had a Wisconsin burger? It's a Sheboygan hard roll, cheddar cheese, a brat sliced the long way, or a brat patty and a cheeseburger. I like mine with spicy brown mustard and grilled onions. It's a tailgater's dream. You know, Steeler Nation, I don't think I ever had a Wisconsin burger. I had brats a, a lot of different ways. I've, I've, I've shared this with you guys before. My first uh, full-time job out of college, I worked for a hockey team in Ohio, and we played two teams, one in Green Bay, Wisconsin, one in Madison, Wisconsin. So I spent a good amount of time in my, you know, my mid-20s, the two years that I was working for the hockey team. I, I would go to Madison a couple times a year. I'd go to Green Bay a couple times a year. So I've had a lot of different Wisconsin staples, but I don't know if I've ever had the Wisconsin burger. Hard roll, cheddar cheese, a brat, and a cheeseburger. That does sound like a tailgater's dream. It also sounds like I'd be running to the toilet. <laughs> Not to get too detailed. Uh, again, on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, 
if you want to chime in here. Don Juan says, what do you have to say about these NFL executives not having Cam Hayward in the top 10 NFL defensive linemen? This is crazy. The guy doesn't get any respect. You can ask Quentin Nelson about Cam. Don Juan, I had to check this. I'm not sure which list you saw, but the, the top 10 lists that Motsi and I go off of, which you said are, are NFL executives uh, done by our buddy Jeremy Fowler, who is now uh, a senior writer at ESPN, but who used to cover the Steelers and, and who we have a good relationship with. I'm looking at it right now. They've got Cam Hayward ranked as the fourth best defensive lineman on their list for this year. It's Aaron Donald one. I don't think anybody can argue that. Chris Jones two, DeForest Buckner three, and Cam Hayward number four. You also have Stephon Tuitt in the top ten. He checks in at number eight. So I'm not sure what list you're referencing, Don Juan. Um, but in terms of this year, for the NFL executive lists that Moats and I use for these top ten conversations, uh, they got Cam Hayward at four which I think is pretty fair. They've got Stephon Tewitt at eight, which I think is pretty fair as well, too. Um, but we will get into more of those discussions. And like I said, I'll give you my top 10 edge rushers before we get out of here in, uh, in just a few minutes. Francis tweets me and says, Wes, I saw something the other day uh, that said Ben has a tell when in the shotgun. When his back foot is up, it's a pass. When it's down, it's a run. Have you seen this before? Is this something of a concern? I will say, Francis, He's he's weird with his back foot when in shotgun, which is surprising because they so rarely line up under center. So I, I'd have to really go back and look and check and see if there is that clear of a tell. But when you talk about uh, Ben having his foot up, Ben having his foot down, sometimes he's got it parallel to the line of scrimmage. Sometimes it's perpendicular. Right? Like He does a lot of different stuff with his right foot. Again, for a quarterback that operates mostly out of shotgun, that, that's interesting, Francis. I'll have to look into that a little bit more and get back to you. Like I said, I, I had never seen anything or read anything or heard anything about him having a tell. But when you mention his right back foot, he, he does do some different things with that quite often. Like I said, sometimes it's lined straight up. Sometimes it's pointing at like a 90-degree angle. I'll, I'll have to check into that. That's a, that's, a, uh, that's a good question by you there, Francis. Sensei tweets and says, got to rib you a little bit today. Third time's the charm with the show intro. Got it today when you're solo. Yeah, a lot of times I mess up the intros when I'm solo. Don't do our usual, uh, you know, the, the, the boilerplate intro that I have had for Moats and I for the last couple years. Um, but hey, we're rocking and rolling today, Sensei, and I appreciate you noticing, baby. Uh, our new friend, Ranger Abraham, says, I heard someone say they plan their road trips to listen to you guys. I like to patrol the park and listen. That's our buddy Ranger Abraham from out in Colorado. Great stuff. And I tell you what, not many better places to patrol this time of year uh, than out there in, in gorgeous Colorado. TC chiming in here saying today is Jack Lambert's birthday as well. Great stuff, TC. I tell you what, today really is a, a day to celebrate Pittsburgh Stillers royalty. Uh, those are the tweets I got for now. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, we've got... Oh, we still got over 15 minutes left in this segment, so you still got some time. If you're listening live now and you still want to chime in, uh, you got 15, 20 minutes here to do so. Speak now or, or hold your peace for a long time, because like I said, I'm going on vacation. I'm leaving tomorrow to go on vacation, uh, and I'm going to be gone for like eight or nine days. So if you got a tweet for me now, you better get it in. Um, Jack Lambert's birthday today, as well as the day that the Steelers franchise was born. Pretty cool piece of history, thanks to TC. Uh, I, will, I will check the tweets one more time after I give my top 10 uh, edge rushers here. But before we do that, one more thing to play for you before I give you my top 10 edge rushers as it stands today in July, heading into the 2021 NFL season. 
I wanted to play you one more thing here because we've talked about this. Moats and I have talked about this a lot over the offseason. Um, expectations for the Steelers. What would it take for us to consider 2021 a successful season? Is it double-digit wins? Is it another trip to the playoffs? Is it a playoff win? Is it two playoff wins? Maybe a trip to the AFC Championship game? Is it Super Bowl or bust? What constitutes a successful season for the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers? Moats and I have discussed this, obviously, through black and gold glasses. We have a higher standard here. We have higher expectations here. That's just what the Steelers have have built here in Pittsburgh over the last 50 years. We... We, we hold our franchises, I think uh, our, our NFL franchise, certainly I would say our hockey franchise in this town too, to a very high standard. And so sometimes our expectations can be through the roof, but if you take off the black and gold glasses and you view it from a national perspective, realistically, what do, what do people who, who cover football for a living, but not the Steelers specifically, think would be a successful season for the Steelers here in 2021? Here's what the NFL Network had to say. We are calling control of complete as we discuss what teams need to do to reboot for the 2021 season. Today, we're going to the AFC North to discuss none other than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's take a look at what's happened in their offseason so far. Pittsburgh, they lost running back James Conner. However, through the draft game, Alabama rookie Najee Harris is making some noise there in Pittsburgh already. Plus, Devin Bush will be returning from an ACL injury. NFL.com is continuing our State of the Franchise series in which Adam Rank, my favorite guy ever, by the way, asked one simple question. In order to compete in 2021, the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do blank. They need to figure out the offensive line. I mean, this is the low-hanging fruit. I'm going to take it right off the bat here uh, because we saw Banner coming back from that ACL. He's the only starter from week one last year that is returning on this offensive line. David DeCastro gone, Marquise Pouncey gone, uh, Al Villanueva gone as well. I mean, who, who are the guys that are going to step up on this offensive line? Because as much as we focused on Ben Roethlisberger over the years and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and the stars that they have on defense, we probably didn't give enough respect to the Steelers' offensive line over the years. And this is, I mean, look, look at Le'Veon Bell. Look at Le'Veon Bell since he left Pittsburgh. Can't have that same running style style that he's had uh, or that he, that he had in Pittsburgh. He's tried it elsewhere. It doesn't work because the offensive line was good enough to allow him the time to do those kinds of things. Well, now you're looking forward to this year. Who are the guys that are going to step up? And, and it may have to be Kendrick Green, a third-round pick, that's going to have to step in and start from day one. They've got a couple of rookies that they might need to step up. So they've got to figure out who the guys are going to be. Now, Banner is the leader of that unit, and uh, he really worked hard this spring to rehab. He's going to have to come back. Uh, and, and regain top form, if not more, for this offensive line to really be good enough for this team to compete in 2021. Well said, Mike. We're going to have to figure out, in order for this episode of this show to have success, for the rest of the show, we're going to have to figure out why Kimmy says that Adam Rank is her favorite guy ever. I'm like, I like I'm Rank, sorry. too. I know, I said Best that. Guy I said that and ever? I it. I, I, wow! I well, that's really high up there. It's <laughs> ironic because his name is Rank, too. Uh, Mike, you mentioned the offensive line and Le'Veon Bell's benefit from it. No one's benefited more from my guy. I'm talking about number seven, Big Ben, my favorite quarterback ever, ever. No, I like Big Ben, but my question is him. Is he going to finish this year? And, you know, we saw last year the team fell apart. I think Ben's play started to go down, even his body language. I thought he was going to retire. So I looked into it. 
over the last few seasons. How's Ben playing in December when it gets cold and his body starts to ache? Here it is. This is since 2018, and the left column is the beginning part of the season, and the right column is December. The record, you know, the completion percentage is literally identical. The passing goes down a little bit. The touchdown interception is pretty problematic, and the passer rating down a bit. Now, look, Steelers fans, it's cold in December. You don't pass as well. The four and six is troublesome, and so is the 19 and nine. My, my, my question is, is Ben finishing these seasons? Is he getting tired? Is his body starting to ache? There's all sorts of jokes and memes about Ben wearing 5,700 different uh, ice packs and walking boots throughout the year. I saw a tired old guy against Cleveland in that playoff game. I want to see Ben refreshed, vibrant, and energetic as the season really starts to count in December and January. That's what I need from him. Uh, Kyle, I'm, I'm sorry about the Adam Rank comment. Also to Mike and MJD, if we have a really good show, then you three will now be my favorite guy. But Adam Rank, he's like my work cousin. We'll, we'll see what happens. He also uh, a fan of Big Ben and really hoping that he does step up this season. Now, Mike, you said they need to improve the O-line. Uh, we understand Big Ben is aging. Maybe he does not need to throw the ball as much because enter Najee Harris. The first draft pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this year's draft, uh, which happened down in Cleveland. Guys, for the Steelers to have success, they need to run the ball. They averaged the fewest rushing yards per game in the NFL in 2020. And on the flip side of that, Big Ben led the NFL with over 40 passing attempts per game in the regular season. He also had a throw. 68 times in that playoff loss against the Cleveland Browns. So you don't want to put that much on his shoulders in this stage of his career when he's aging and we're seeing a little bit of a decline in his passing game. Now, Najee Harris, he racked up just under 1,900 scrimmage yards and scored 30 touchdowns in 13 games last season at Alabama. I don't think one guy is the, the answer for everything, but Najee Harris, obviously huge upside for him in Pittsburgh. Well, Kim, just like you're a Chiefs fan and you're a Kansas Cityan, uh, Najee Harris is from Antioch, so that's my hometown. So I, I love all that. Okay. But I'm going to tell you like this. When I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, it reminds me of the Lion King. It reminds me of the circle of life, right? The way you start is the way you finish. And if you look at Big Ben, go all the way back to 2005 when they won their first Super Bowl. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers have to do. They have to run the football, like you said, and then they have to play amazing defense. Let's remember this Super Bowl. Willie Fast, Willie Parker, Absolutely. big run. Jerome Bettis doing everything he needed to do. The defense, my dog, Ike Taylor with a big interception in this game. I mean, you have to do it. There it is. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. I get you some. This is what you have to do to win and get back. And they have the coaching staff to do it. Mike Thomas did a tremendous job. But you can't allow Ben to throw the ball more than 25, 22 to 25 times a game. You have to lean on that running game. You have to shorten the games and for and allow your defense to put pressure on the opposing offense. If they can do that, they do have the opportunity and the pieces in that in that locker room to go out here and win the AFC North and get back to the playoffs. Well, how about that? I I was expecting some more negativity, but some positivity there on the NFL Network discussing the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and how to have a successful 2021, what would constitute a successful 2021. And I think a lot of the talking points there, the similar ones that we've had here in Pittsburgh and, and in Steelers circles, right? Offensive line, run game, quarterback. That's an interesting stat pool, though, there by Kyle Brandt. Last 10 December football games for Ben Roethlisberger, four and six his record. Uh, that's certainly kind of flipped from where he was at the beginning of his career uh, when the Steelers seemingly were always playing their best football, always peaking down the stretch 
in December. Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz here. Uh, just about 10 minutes or so to go here on the show today. Last chance uh, to get those tweets in. I will do one more refresh of the Twitter mentions before I get out of here. But it's top 10 time, folks. And today, we're going to talk a little edge rushers. Like I said, I thought I was going to do offensive side of the football. But for whatever reason... You know, we got a Steeler high up on this list. I, I decided I wanted to do edge rushers, and who doesn't love talking a little pass rushers uh, in Steeler circles anyway? So a reminder, um, you know, we, we get this idea. Our buddy Jeremy Fowler, who used to cover the Steelers here in Pittsburgh, he's now a national football writer for ESPN. You see him on uh, Sports Center from time to time. You know, he, he is big time now, but he used to be right in the same hallway as me at Steelers training camp in Latrobe. So Jeremy, a good guy obviously very well connected uh, in NFL circles. He pulls NFL executives, a large group, uh, 50 of them, I believe, and gets their thoughts on a top 10 at every position, and then he kind of compiles their rankings and makes a top 10 list. So it's not Jeremy's opinion. It's based off the votes and the opinions of NFL executives, coaches, and scouts. Well, their top 10 list, here's what it is. Uh, Just came out last week, by the way, and you can get all this on ESPN.com, all the different position groups. Uh, NFL executives saying their top 10 list of edge rushers. Number one, Miles Garrett. Number two, TJ Watt. Three, Joey Bosa. Four, Khalil Mack. Five, Chandler Jones. Six, Vaughn Miller. Seven, Chase Young. Eight, Nick Bosa. Nine, Cam Jordan. And number 10, Danielle Hunter. And then they have, you know, some other receiving mentions, some some honorable other receiving votes, honorable mentions. Shaq Barrett, Zadarius Smith, Frank Clark, and Bud Dupree. So again, that is their top 10 list. At the top, they've got Miles Garrett, they've got TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones. That's their top five. Then Vaughn Miller, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Cam Jordan, and Daniel Hunter. Remember, that is a composite vote of 50 different NFL executives, scouts, coaches. That's not my list. That's not Jeremy Fowler's list. That's what those within NFL circles say. Now it's time for me to give you my list. Number one on my list is TJ Watt. I mean, come on. Number two is Miles Garrett. I've got them flip-flopped, and here's why. A a lot of the, you know, they they both were ranked as high as one. Obviously, they both received a lot of first-place votes. They both were ranked as low as number eight on this list. So I would love to see what NFL executives think TJ Watt and Miles Garrett are the eighth-best edge rusher in the NFL. Give me a bleep and break. Neither of those guys should be lower than three or four. I mean, if you wanted to argue them at three or four, okay, maybe I'd hear you out. Eight? You're ranking Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, the eighth best pass rusher in the NFL? Yeah, I need to see who those other seven guys are there, Mr. Executive. But I've got TJ one, and I've got Miles Garrett two. And here's why. A lot of the, you know, if you read through this article, a lot of the logic of the executives, the coaches, the scouts who vote on this, they're saying things like, uh, well, you know, Miles Garrett, is just he's built in a lab. He has zero weaknesses. He's got the power. He's got the bend. He's got the speed. He's got more of the stuff you can't coach than T.J. Watt does. Okay, fine. Then why is T.J. Watt more productive? T.J. Watt has more sacks. T.J. Watt has more tackles for loss. In fact, he led the league in both. So I agree, if you, if you want to build your prototype edge rusher, Miles Garrett's probably more the type. But if that's true, why is T.J. Watt more productive than he is? I've got Watt at one, I've got Miles Garrett at two, but those two to me certainly number one and two. 
All right, those two to me have to be your top two. Again, I don't know how anyone could have either of those guys ranked as low as eight. That's insane to me. Number three on my list, I've got Joey Bosa. He, 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 he's just a pass, a pure pass rusher. I know that he's not the greatest athlete. I mean, you could argue his brother's a better athlete. There's some other guys that are better athletes. Um, I think at times, you know, he can maybe take plays off, but he is the best technician pass rusher in the NFL for me. Joey Bosa at number three. Number four, I've got Chandler Jones. He just, I know he missed, uh, what I think it was 10 games last season, but he has been since 2014 the most consistent pass rusher in the National Football League, even more so than Vaughn Miller. I've got Chandler Jones at number four. At number five, I've got Nick Bosa, the other Bosa brother. They've got him way down at eight on this list, and I get it. He only played a game and a half last season. But my goodness, he still just just turned 25 years old. He was defensive rookie of the year two years ago. Um, I, I can't have Nick Bosa any lower than fifth. As long as he's healthy, he is an absolute freaking animal. Number six, I'm continuing the theme of Ohio State guys here, I guess. Chase Young is number six for me. And Motsi and I have the rule, right? You never crown anybody based off of one season. But my goodness, did you watch Chase Young play last year, particularly down the stretch? He was winning on 23% of his pass rush, or he won on last season, 23% of his pass rushes, but that number was up over 30 down the stretch. He also handles double teams really well. About 15% of the time, he still wins his matchups when double teamed. He's the youngest player on this list by far. He just turned 22 years old. Chase Young, number six for me. Number seven is Khalil Mack, still really dang good. Um, in terms of win percentage, he's very high on the list. You know, gets after the quarterback about 20% of the time. He rushes 13 total sacks last year, nine of those credited to him individually. But again, some of those injury report concerns, he's just not as available as I would like him to be. Khalil Mack, still a stud, but not quite the player he was three, four years ago. He's now got that dreaded age of 30. Um, so he's kind of on the other side of his peak in terms of the bell curve, but still really good, still really dominant when he's going. Khalil Mack at number seven. Number eight for me is Danielle Hunter. I love this guy. If you listen to Motes and I over last summer when we were killing time, we did more uh, big picture NFL conversations. I love this guy. I, I, you know, he is another one dealing with injuries, missed the entire season last year, but you, you saw that play out with the Vikings. They just, they did not have the same kind of pass rush without this guy. He's only 26 years old. He's getting even better. Danielle Hunter, number eight. Number nine for me is Shaq Barrett. Another guy who has just been, over the last few years, a consistent pass rusher in the National Football League. He's part of a really good defense, which I think helps his case. But Shaq Barrett, number nine to me on my list. And then number 10, I've got Bud Dupree. I do. I, you could see what he meant to the Steelers team. He's one of the ex- most explosive edge rushers in the NFL. He's finally uh, become a, a complete player, plays really well in the run game as well, too. I've got Bud Dupree at number 10. My honorable mentions, Vaughn Miller. It's just tough for me because Vaughn Miller did not have a great 2019, and then he was injured all of last season. I know the pedigree. He's arguably the best defensive player. Well, that's not true. It's Aaron Donald. But he's arguably the second best player of this defensive player of this generation. Von Miller is phenomenal. At his peak, he's one of the best pass rushers we've ever seen. But man, it's been two, three years now since we've seen that Von Miller. 
I just, they have him at six. That's insane to me. If you want to have him at eight, nine, 10, okay. Six, way too high. I've got Von Miller as number 11. He's my first one out. Uh, Cam Jordan, number 12 for me as well, too. An, a, another guy who's just, you know, again, a couple years ago would have been top five on this list. He is a great football player. He belongs in this conversation, but I don't think he's quite the same. So Von Miller, Cam Jordan, my honorable mention. So one more time, my top 10 edge rushers as they stand right now today, July 8th, 2021 in the National Football League. Number one, TJ Watt. Number two, Miles Garrett. Number three, Joey Bosa. Number four, Chandler Jones. Number five, Nick Bosa. Number six, Chase Young. Number seven, Khalil Mack. Number eight, Daniel Hunter. Number nine, Shaq Barrett. And number 10, Big Bud Dupree. TC says, uh, top 10 pass rushers. Number one, TJ Lott. TJ Watt, that's it. That's the list. He also says, TJ Watt's QB hits dwarf Garrett's. Watt had 41 this season and 36 last season. Garrett, 18 and 18. Now, I will say two years ago, right, Miles Garrett missed the last six games of the season because he decided to swing uh, another, he decided to rip another guy's helmet off and swing it at him. Uh, But you're absolutely right, TC. Again, a, a lot of these NFL executives, their reasoning for having Miles Garrett number one was just because, oh, he's built in a lab. He's got the power. He's got the bend. He's got the speed. And I agree with all. Like, like Miles Garrett is your prototype pass rusher. If you go on Madden and create a player, right, his body type, his build is like Miles Garrett, without a doubt. I agree with all that stuff. But like I pointed out, like TC just pointed out, if all of that's the case, then why are T.J. Watt's numbers better than him in, in, in pretty much every single category? And the Browns won a lot of football games last year, too. It's not like Miles Garrett is playing on a bad team. I got T.J. one, I got Miles Garrett, too. But like I said, those are the clear-cut one and two to me. You could debate them back and forth, but as it stands right now, it's T.J. Watt, it's Miles Garrett. I think Nick Bosa and Chase Young could factor into this conversation. You know, if they can both have healthy, productive years at their age this year. But right now, that's my top 10. And right now, that's going to do it for me uh, this week and next week. I'm out of here, and I'll be back around training camp time. I'm going to vacation. I'm going to the beach next week, all right? So I'm not sure what the show will look like, like, like if Motsi will have uh, somebody else in here rocking with him, what it'll be. Uh, but you guys know we're just a couple weeks away from training camp, so we're getting close uh, back to having Steelers Blitz in your lives every single day of the week. And, cousin, we are excited, but I'm also ready to unplug for vacation. So that'll do it for me today and for the next week or so. You guys take care now. Bye-bye then. All right, and a big thanks to everybody, as always, uh, for helping me out on the Twitter.com, helping stimulate the conversation, particularly when I'm solo. Yins know I appreciate you, and, uh, and I'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. As always, you know where to find me. It's on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.